Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Thunderbird's Day, Grumpy's new favourite joke, Lippy's late night adventure and Ed Sheeran's pond. Now, Lippy. Hello. Hello indeed. I don't want to talk about the fuel shortage. No, I don't think we should, to be honest. But there are two things I'd like to say about it. Go. Um, The first one is, please don't judge photos. If there's somebody in the queue, they may not be just topping up with five quid's worth of petrol. They may be running on fumes. There's all sorts of reasons. And sometimes the same may go if they're filling up a jerry can. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're filling up a plastic bag or inappropriate cans, then that's a different matter. Yeah. But uh, if you're filling up a jerry can, maybe your wife, who is a nurse, can't fill a car up because it's too far away. So please, please don't judge photos. It's, I was almost wrong. in that exact situation of having to you ask were, weren't you? Chris to fill yes. me up a jerry can because I had five miles and was at the last petrol station, Yeah. but managed to get, get some. So can't tell what other people are there for. Indeed not. And the second thing is is hats off to the BBC for sending out their reporter, Phil McCann, to cover the petrol shortage. See, that was I, um, superb. It was, but I heard an interview with him on BBC Radio 1 afterwards, and I don't think anyone had purposefully made the link. Like, someone must have, but he hadn't. That's, that's very he was funny. saying, that's not why I was there for more important reasons. He was like, and then I thought he would put blow over. And then he was like, then I woke up the next day and I'm everywhere. Yeah, very funny. Somebody did post a number of different BBC reporters' names in situations. It was quite funny. It's hard to know whether they were true or not. Uh, but sometimes they work with different names. I When I was at um, County Sound Radio, very briefly, the news reporter there, who would also appear on other channels in the... Uh, groups stations had different names for different channels and some of them were outrageous <laughs> i can't remember one of them was just so bizarre but uh, anyway that's enough said about that anyway a couple of weeks ago we talked about buttons in cars we had a yeah. picture of that fantastic nissan gloria mm. with a bit of a button frenzy peak button i think we called it and there is obviously a lot of love for buttons and not so much love for touch screens and last week i came across an article in Drive Tribe, that uh, Alfa Romeo's CEO has been quoted as, we won't sell an iPad with a car around it. So they're very much committed committed Mm. to having buttons. Because to be honest, in my opinion, like it's illegal to use your phone while you're driving. And all of this touchscreeny-ness is kind of going in the direction of a phone in your car that you can use. It's a bit too distracting for me. Yes, I th- I think there is a bit of a grey area there. But if it's part and parcel of the car, then but so, you know some of the menus seem to go down a long way. I always yeah. saw that with the you know the original BMW one. Anyway, I think probably if Alfa Romeo did make a car and an iPad, the iPad would probably be in the boot or something daft like that, as they <laughs> have a habit of producing cars with slightly quirky personalities, which is why yes. we love them. Mm. Speaking of cars. I've been looking at a new car. Oh, have you? In light of recent events, I have been having a little nosy at some electric cars. Oh, very Because I don't drive very often anymore or very far. So I've been having a little nosy. Turns out the one I want, I can't afford. (laughs) Yes, they're not cheap. They're They're not cheap. the, The price has got to come down a lot, I think. 
Mm. Um, and I'd be slightly wary about secondhand as well. A friend of mine who's very into his electric cars has said, you know, the way the batteries are treated has a vast effect on how long they last. So, and it's major cost of the car. So mm. it's, uh, it needs to be trodden with a little bit of care, I think. Yes. I'll wait a bit. Anyway, I didn't realise there is such a thing as Thunderbirds Day, which celebrates mm. the first showing of the show. And it's Thursday of this week, so yesterday, if you listen to this on Friday. And that would have been the 56th anniversary, anniversary even, of the first broadcast, which is God. which is astonishing. So, and it was a series I absolutely loved as a child and still do to be honest it's just it's just Mm. not on that's the only disadvantage um and it was just it was just a brilliant series and the more you look into it and there's a whole culture around jerry anderson and and all of the shows that he did on facebook and on the internet and it's really interesting seeing behind the scenes you know in terms of the models and the thing with the puppets I, i never understood as a child it always came up with filmed with super marination and it turns out what they did is that they sent the speech down the strings of the puppet. They were wires rather than plastic, which would then operate the mouth. So it was much easier to sync the sound and and the video. How weird. You know, yeah, I mean, incredible. I mean, Jerry Anderson was a master at this. There's no two ways about it. And 36 it. years, like, that's quite Fif- advanced. No, 56, 56. years ago. 56 God, years that's ago. very advanced for 56 yeah. years ago. Well, and that's when it was broadcast. So they, you know, they'd been making them before then. Mad. So in- incredible. Absolutely brilliant. And you know, they, they were good stories. And mm. you accepted that they were wooden puppets that could sweat in a fire. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a piece of wood, I probably would sweat in a bit of a fire. Yeah. The thing I always loved as a child was the when Thunderbird 2 came out and the trees bent back. Mm. I was absolutely fascinated by that and that whole sort of underground lair thing. Yeah. I think was uh, really was, was quite something. So uh, I, might, I might look out for some DVDs for a bit of nostalgia. You can get models as well, can't you? Yes, I'm sure there are some you can get all looking the around. Yeah, absolutely. As a mate of mine says, nostalgia is not what it used to be. No. And I have a new favourite joke. Do you? I have do. I heard it? Yes, you have. You oh. thought it was funny. Oh, did I? Okay. Yes. What do you call a hen looking at a lettuce? I don't know. Chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> no, Jesse, I did brilliant. think it was funny. Yeah, I, I thought that was very good. That's a good one. So you had a bit of a trip up to London? I did. Over the I had a very busy trip up to London, actually. I had a very busy weekend. Photos with you holding something furry and... A meerkat. Oh, it was a meerkat. I got to feed a meerkat. What to? Oh no, I got to feed celery to a meerkat. <laughs> meerkats like celery? Meerkats like celery. They don't give it very much celery, but they give them celery as a little snack. Oh, interesting. Because rather that than give us live bugs to feed the meerkats, I'm not sure. They get a bit aggressive when it comes to the actual bugs, obviously, because they move and they're like trying to catch yeah. them. I was surprised so they like celery for some reason. Mm. Uh, and they make the cutest little noise when they're like on it. Well, celery is quite hard to eat quietly. Yeah, but yeah, they were absolutely adorable and I would highly recommend that experience to anybody. I had a great time. Excellent. Uh, Which zoo was that? That was at London Zoo, which I was extremely impressed with, actually. They have loads of 
they call them walk with or walk into and you okay. go through like big doors and like mm. those heavy plastic things that dangle down and then the animals are just roaming free does that include lions and tigers no thank you ah, okay. but the monkeys all like they didn't even have netting in their enclosure they could have literally ran away if they wanted to mm. um but yeah they're running everywhere like right past your feet they don't ever jump on you but the, the people do say, don't hold your phone out because they'll think it's food and they'll grab it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be funny. Yeah. So, yeah, they had, um, they had loads of those. There was a, a spider one. Ooh, and the sure spiders are just, that. like, in there, like, made their own webs mm. and stuff. And I, oh, we did it, but I don't think I would volunteer, voluntarily do it again. So I had to uh, remove a spider from the kitchen over the weekend. Mm. And Charlotte refused to go in there which I, I find astonishing is one of the bravest people I know yeah. is terrified of a of small spider on the floor. So, mm. yes, interesting. Yes. But anyway, the main reason we went to London is to go to a concert. Oh, that was exciting. Went, yeah, I went to see Dermot Kennedy at um, Alexandra Palace, so North London. Mm. It was really good, actually. Like, it was, it felt so strange, to be honest, to be at a concert. But mm. there was, like the side where you could tell people wanted to be more spread out and then the side where people weren't really too bothered yeah. and they were all like mer- like mushed together we were on the side that was a bit more spread out which i've always preferred anyway because i don't like being in like a big mush of people i get a bit stuck so yeah that was really cool and then uh almost got attacked walking home really no, no not really you've over this a bit haven't you i did yeah <laughs> so we were, we stayed in a hotel um just up the road about 20 minute walk from alexander palace all of it streets apart from not even probably like two meters like not a lot of the park like past the skate park but there's just no lights in there like at all so it's pitch black and we're walking down towards this park and i just look at chris and i'm not doing it i'm not walking in there like it was almost it was gone 11 i think it was, and it's North London and it was just a bit scary to be honest I don't think I'd even do that where we live so anyway we turn around to see if we can find another way to get to where we needed to be on the road and I saw a couple walking down so me being me goes oh, are you walking through the park and they were like yeah and I was like do you mind if we walk with you <laughs> Which is a bit weird in itself, to be honest. But they said, yeah, no, that would be great. She was like, I was just thinking that as well. Because they had parked their car just the other side of the park. So we start walking down towards the park. It's four of us now. It's like a good number of people. And she goes, yeah, it's fine. If anyone tries to do anything, I've got a knife. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> then laughed that off and went, oh, I'm only joking. We're actually serial killers. Did she laugh that off? She did laugh that off too. She was oh, like, oh okay. no. She was like, I'm only joking. She was like, you do feel better when there's four of you instead of two of you though. But actually, thank God, well, not thank God because they probably wouldn't have done anything, walk into the park as a group of like four to five young'uns having a smoke of something funny ah, okay. in the skate park quite close to the path. And I was just like, oh, if we had done that by ourselves, I would have probably had a mental breakdown in the path. Yeah, I'm not sure smoking that sort of stuff makes you particularly aggressive. True, but it was the group of young lads. We did, I didn't know that until we got a bit closer, all with their hoods up in a very dark park. Yeah, 
It's best avoided in my yeah, experience. Exactly. Yeah. But Chris was quite offended that I felt a lot more comfortable once we were with two other people rather than just with him. But I said, what am I going to do if they went for him? I'm yeah. not going to be able to stop them. Well, I'll run in the away. opposite direction. Exactly. exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not protecting him, but he's the one they're going to go for, not me. <laughs> Talking of smoking substances, I watched The Big Lebowski for the first time. Oh, yeah. weekend, which is a brilliant film i, I hadn't realized how good it was uh, as one of the cohen brothers so it's a bit weird there's plenty of weird bits in the middle but there's some brilliant dialogue in it and the cast is cracking i mean it is yeah just superb but uh, yes do if you've not seen it i do recommend it but i appreciate it's probably a marmite film yes <laughs> good so have you got any other trips coming up uh yes Friday, we are off to Edinburgh. Fantastic. For Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, yeah, I feel like we're really super busy, but it's because we had lots of stuff planned spread out throughout the year. It's all being pushed to the back end of the year. So, yes, it's all all, all coming around now. Yeah, well, I hope the weather picks up a bit because it's been a bit grotty the last couple of days. It's meant to rain every day, but it's not like I'm just going to take my raincoat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to look do. stylish. I'm okay with wearing a raincoat. Well, it's better to be dry than dry and unstylish, the wet and stylish. Yes. Anyway, changing the subject somewhat, have you done any defibrillator training? I have, yes. Mm, it's, it's interesting. There's an article here, uh, in fact, from Ripley's about um, myths about defibrillators. Mm. And one of them is that it won't start a stopped heart. No. That's not what it's there for. And there's all sorts of atrocities committed in films where they they rub the contacts together yeah. in the hospital, which you, you to get some to static. I, I goodness only knows why they do that. There must be some sort of Hollywood book of things you must do, even though they're wrong. Of mm. which one of those is say over and out clearly, because that just keeps happening. But um, I personally think it's something that should be taught in schools. And, oh, 100%. And, and all workplaces. As well. I've done a number of courses with St. John Ambulance uh, through work. And every time you learn something new, it's, it's Yeah, it's, it's I have only done the one because it, it's part of the first aid at work course right, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've done the one. And the one thing I think I remember being quite shocked about was actually it also won't shock if it's... if like it registered a, a normal heartbeat yes, so say i just right. put them on you as a joke yeah. it wouldn't work because i feel like the thing for me I'd, I'd be scared that i didn't need to use it and i've gone to use it but actually it won't work unless it is in the right place to use the defibrillator. Dif- it's also a very difficult word to say as well which I think <laughs> they say defib <laughs> the defib i'll yeah. say defib from now on <laughs> yeah i think it's an important thing to emphasize is that these bits of kit are fantastic and they they tell you what to do they mm-hmm. tell you when to be doing chest compressions and yeah, where to put they're, paddles. yeah they're not going to zap the people unnecessarily it's um, they're very very good bits of kit and any place that has them should be encouraged really to uh, to offer training in them because you never know you've got one first aid if that's the person that suffers cardiac arrest then mm. uh, somebody else really needs to know yeah Anyway, I'll post a link to that because there is some good information on there. But if you get the opportunity to uh, to do a course, I'd highly recommend it because you could save somebody's life. Yeah, no, definitely. No about it, and more and, and they're more scattered appeal. everywhere. That's as what's, well. Yeah, now. yeah. Yes, they are. And they're, they're, I think there is a map as well worldwide, of or certainly countrywide of defibrillators. Mm. So yes. So 
serious topic over. Now, in my trawling of the internet, I found 21 of the world's most interesting customs. And I'm not going to go through... Oh, yes! I'm not going to go through all of them. Some of them are pretty gross, it has to be said. And uh, Japan has this very odd thing called a subway pusher, who is actually an employee of the station or the the network. Mm. And their job is to push more and more passengers into the subway cars so that you've got (laughs) maximum capacity. Yeah. Imagine uh, someone doing that in the London tubes, uh, just just shoving people Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really weird. And there's a picture. I mean, their stations are very smart. The trains are very smart. They're, the people that work there are immaculately dressed. And mm. they're just, there's one at every door shoving people in to get the doors shut. It's, it's incredible. I've never seen anything quite like it. And I'm surprised at Japan that, yeah. that they, they do sort of that sort of thing. So uh, I think we might have to drip feed those in over yes. the next few weeks, some of the weird I ones. Oh, and I will do just one more. There's a very odd one in Denmark. If you are unmarried when you turn 25, expect to be covered in cinnamon by the day's end. And that's not just sprinkled with it, that's doused in it. Oh, God. Uh, Unfortunately, this has been extended to add eggs to the mix, just to make it a bit stickier, I would have thought. This still happens? This still happens. Interestingly, the average age of marriage in Denmark is 34 for men and 32 for women. I feel like maybe they should do that at 30 rather than... 25 is quite young to be married. Well, it didn't used to be. True. Uh, but life expectancy wasn't as long as it is now. Slightly odd custom there. Oh, you weren't married it? at 25, were you? No. So I think we need to cover you in cinnamon and eggs. I'm not Danish, so you can't do that. It would That's, be funny, though. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it would be it amusing. It, 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 well, it might be amusing to you until you find out that um, i'm not going to help you with the diy ever again <laughs> i'm done now I'm oh fixed. there'll be more don't worry always. There will there's be always more. more yes now have you heard of the ignoble awards no ignoble mm. ignoble ig noble so it's a satirical prize awarded annually since 1991 and there's 10 or so unusual or trivial achievements in scientific research oh so it's like a nobel like a weird nobel yeah so it started by a chap called mark abrahams and he was editor and editor-in-chief of two magazines one of which i failed to say on three attempts so i'm not going (laughs) to do so anyway it's an annual thing and um this year there's a a very odd one so under the peace category so you can see how this um, matches the, the normal Nobel Prizes. So three American researchers tested whether a full beard pads the face from a punch. Now, I can only imagine they came up with that idea in the pub. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm not, not sure. It's one of those conversations you have on a Friday night mm. after a couple of um, beers. I wonder if, well, somebody turned it into a research project which is astonishing. Anyway, a beard will absorb nearly 40% of a blow. Mm. Now, last week we talked about the berserkers. Yes. I'm sure a group of Vikings who were a bit odd, let's put it that way. Now, they all had full beards, and Vikings Mm. are always pictured with full beards, and I wonder if that's why, because it would uh, absolutely help when they got a bit of a kicking. It's got to be a pretty solid beard, I would I would imagine. Well, if you think of a full-on Viking beard, mm. that is pretty full-on. 
I feel like his research would have looked at the different thicknesses of beards. Possibly. There is and a, densities. There, yeah, there is a link to a paper, but I started to read it and then stopped. because. It, I guess you could hide stuff in the beard to pad it out more as well, like a metal plate. Yeah, whether, whether you would or, or not. Talking of four beards, uh, we were watching Aliens in Alaska last night, um, mm. which was an interesting programme, if, if only you saw quite a lot of Alaska. And, and the size of it. And this goes back, I think, 20 or 30 years to a group of them seeing this, what they thought was some sort of mothership. But it was interesting. The guy, the, the, sort of the main person in the, in the feature, had a full-on beard and lived in a wooden house, wood, wood cabin, as they're normally known as. <laughs> and, and it's just in the, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's just snow everywhere. And mm. uh, you sort of think, Bill, what do you do at night? Because it's not a great deal to do. Oh, I like, yeah. sit in my cabin. And what do you do? Well, I have a drink. Um, maybe I have a little smoke. Who knows? But um, <laughs> the point is, <laughs> when, when my story goes, I was watching these lights and the next thing I woke up in bed, probably you've had one or two many. Mm. I think. But, yes. Uh, yes, it was interesting. But apparently there was a whole bunch of people had seen it. So whether they got all whacked out on the same uh, moonshine or not, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Now I'm going to slip in another car story. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, there's quite a lot to this, actually. So the Mini Moke, which you may or may not have seen. Well, you would have seen it, whether you would recognise it is another matter. So it was produced as uh, sort of an offspring of the Mini. So it's called the mm. Mini running gear on it. And originally it was produced to sell to the military. And they thought what they'd do is they put an engine in the front and an engine in the back. So you'd have essentially wow. four-wheel drive. Yeah. The problem is the ground clearance isn't brilliant. So everybody rejected it military-wise. So it was an absolute dead flop. But it's, a lot of people love them now. There's a lot of love for them now. And they were used in a series called The Prisoner. And you do see them in some of the, uh, some of the West Indian islands have them as, as little taxis from the hotel to, to somewhere or other. So they're, they're very popular. And the original ones are worth an awful lot of money. They're now. so they're cute. Very, I just very, clicked very, on the link. They are very cute, aren't they? They're like and a mini is, Jeep. Yes, they are exactly. Yes, well, that's what they were aiming at. But yes. because they use all the mini suspension instead of redesigning them, I actually want a bit more ground clearance. Um, it wasn't much of a success. But they started making them. They revived the, the mark back in 2017. And they've just announced they're bringing them all to the UK to build. And I think you can get on the list for one now. Um, however, it will be very expensive. No oh. two ways about it. Yeah, it's not going to be cheap. I think they're building 56 to begin with. Do they have roofs on them? Because the picture didn't have a roof. No, I think originally you could get uh, sort of a vinyl... Roof that pulled, yeah, the cup that pulled mm. over, um, and I think we had one at the car show that was an original, and that had all uh, that had a roof and sides. Because mm. for... in the UK, you don't really want a roofless car. But it's really. great for the sort of the the two days where it's not going to rain. Yes, yes. Any other time is uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a lottery, really. But mm. there there are yeah, there are roofs that you can put on them. Interestingly, the prisoner was filmed in Wales. And I don't remember them having roofs on there. Or, in fact, there ever been any rain in the series. So it, uh, they mm. must have had very very few filming Lucky. days. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Now, while we were away in August, 
I came across an article called Village Wars and the Top Five Rural Skirmishes, which I think oh. is, is worthy of uh, a bit of attention. Yes. So there's a village called Iam in the Peak District. And in 2014, a cockerel mm. was threatened with an ASBO after a couple who'd moved to the village a few years previously complained to the council offices over the birds crowing. In response, the villagers started a petition in support of the cockerel. How can a, a bird be given an ASBO? Well, I think probably the owners were threatened with the yeah, ASBO. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, the, the, the cockerel's not going to know what an ASBO is. If you go to the cr- Take your hood say, off. Yeah, stop crowing at five in the morning. It's just going to look blankly at you. That's not going to work. <laughs> I think the the main thread between these stories is people that move from outside an area to another area and then start complaining mm. about something that's been there for a very long time. Um, yes. We see it time and time again. And in fact, we are going to see it another four times, I think. Yes. So the next one is the singer Ed Sheeran. Oh, and uh, I saw, I thought it was a bit cruel, but very funny. Uh, somebody had posted a picture of, you know, the cheese squares you have on a burger? Yes. And uh, they come individually Plasticky wrapped. cheese. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a picture of a packet of those. It said on the front, 15 cheesy singles. And somebody had put in underneath, I found Ed Sheeran's new album. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good indeed. Anyway, uh, Mrs. Sheeran has been involved in a long-running dispute with neighbours over a wildlife pond he built on his Suffolk estate. Mm. Complaints were made to the council that Sheeran was using the pond as a swimming pool, but when officials visited in 2019, they concluded it was, in fact, a wildlife pond as billed. Presumably you could go swimming in a pond. And surely his estate is big enough that the neighbours wouldn't be able to see that well, he's swimming the, in the pond. estate is an odd word because it, I, I've seen pictures of it and it although it's quite big it's quite close to other buildings as well uh, if he wants to go swimming in his own pond let him well I suppose the thing is if you've taken planning permission based on the fact you're building a wildlife pond which is a good thing and actually what you build is a swimming pool instead uh, I see that's that's not so good but still you're allowed to go swimming in ponds uh mostly yeah mostly some I would that's wouldn't, an odd one but it is a bit of an odd one really that's a nosy neighbour, that is. Yes. Just let him do what he wants in his own pond. Well, well, maybe if he's doing it at three o'clock in the morning making lots of noise, then... But then, then that's, that's a different issue, isn't it? No, it's mm. not the complaint. Quite that right. would be a noise complaint, not a pond swimming well, complaint. Well, if you, if you want to drop a line to Suffolk I County will. Council... And I will. probably sort it out. <laughs> so number three is uh, ex-magazine editor Jade Beer... Uh, wrote a widely shared article about moving to the Cotswolds from London and how rowdy stag and hen parties in local Airbnbs had shattered her rural mm, idol. A lot of people go to the Cotswolds. What, what for hen and stag yeah. do's? And of course, yes, Airbnb and other such things make it quite easy to do that. Uh, she also complained about expensive taxis. <laughs> They're going to be. Yeah. Farm vehicles, you're going to have those. Motorbikes, well, they've possibly come in from elsewhere. Neighbours drinking in their gardens. That's a this that's a full on Karen. That is. It is Karen from Facebook. That is. Yes. Yes. Uh, and ghosts, apparently. She, she a, complained to the council about ghosts. Well, no, this was an article, so she complained oh, sorry. about ghosts. Yes. So 
Yeah, be interesting to dig that one up. I mean, there's nothing you can do about the ghosts. I wouldn't complain about them. They'll come get you. Well, possibly. It depends on whether they can read the article. They can't turn the pages over in the magazine. That's the problem. In June 2020, the bells of All Saints Church in Kenton in Devon silenced for the first time in their 121-year history after a couple who had moved into the village complained to the district council about the noise. That's furious sad. villagers threatened to take the couple to court. It is really sad. In fact, we've had an instance of that here as well, where people complained about the, the church Because they bells. don't do the bells at unsocial hours. Oh, they possibly do. I think... I, yeah. I'm never sure when ours ring. And I've actually been up in the um, belfry at mm. the, the church, which is very interesting. And they have uh, the way that they work. If they're going to use them for a wedding, so they might do a practice on a Thursday night, say, and they've got a wedding on a Saturday, they leave the bells in an up position because they're quite hard to get up there, but they need them in that position for bell ringing. Yeah. But for the clock chiming, they're in the down position. Um, which then means they have to fight with them to get them back up again. So if there's only a couple of days, so you don't get then the, the clock chiming. Oh, okay, I see. Which, which is probably unique to that particular church, not mm. necessarily all churches. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether they stop them during the night. I don't yeah. know. Too fast to sleep. I was at a wedding recently. There was a church with that was ringing in its bells when we arrived. Didn't hear them again after that, though. Yeah, they do tend to fade into the background i suppose if you're right next door yeah but our then bedroom if... was literally next to the bell <laughs> so the last one 2012 a german couple were ordered to tear down half of the dream retirement home they bought in the cotswolds after a planning officer ruled it was a disney version of the local style the couple had bought the two million pound home from a developer but only months later were told it required partial demolition and that's oh, very God. unfortunate I that is really unlucky yeah um and i think i'd be i would some... fight that well i'm not sure you can fight it but i would certainly have a fight with the developer mm. because if he's built that at its past planning then because it's not the contract is it no so... i guess uh, once once you've moved in they're kind of just you know well, well, jog on yeah well, well certainly a, a word with the solicitor because he was the one that's best to do searches and stuff 100 you know. percent yeah, there was a case in Surrey of a guy who had built this house and didn't have planning permission, which he knew there was no planning permission. But this, there's a law that says if, if it stood for so long and nobody's contested it, it can stay. Mm. So he worked on that basis and he built some sort of facade around it. So it was in a barn and somebody got wind of it about a year before it would would have all been okay and he had to rip it down oh, and no. it was a, it was a lovely house as well it was such a shame yeah. but there's a back planning as well you can do uh yes there is but i think if you try to pull the wool over the planning officer's mm. eyes then they're not going to look too favorably at, no. um, i think that's building regs as well rather than planning retrospective planning i believe it's called oh okay so you can do it with both yes because sometimes you have to have change of use Mm. I need to do that. What? Change of use? Mm. For what? Bedroom to a bathroom. Oh, do you? I don't think so, because I'm not fiddling with any of the electrics. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully your plumber will advise on that. But also, I think, 
my council tax should change because I'm only living in a two-bed house. Uh, oh, no, this is interesting because it's based on when you bought the property. So if you built another two bedrooms, then your council tax wouldn't go up. But when you sold it, the next person, well, it, it, it might push it into another band. It, it, it depends on many things. Mm. Um, so, But I think you can apply to have it redone. Yeah, re-evaluated. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very... I feel like murky. it's a faff. <laughs> It does seem like that, and I'm not sure you'd you'd benefit. I'd end up they'd end up saying it was worth more, and I'd have to pay more. I think that's unlikely because you've only moved in in the last few months, really. So mm. I I don't think it would have been rebanded because it's all in bands. It's not. Yeah. It used to be number of bathrooms and bedrooms and things like that when it was pre-poll tax when it was rates that's what it was council rates yes one of my claims to fame is i generated the poll tax database for thurrock district council impressive it well it wasn't really um, no to be honest and it only was in there a a couple of years and then they replaced it with council tax so it was all a massive waste of money who's the actress that lives near us judy waters yeah my claim to fame is i've seen her in her underwear yes moving on moving on so lippy do you have a top tip and have you remembered it (laughs) i do have a top tip and i have remembered it now thank you so my top tip was based on what happened to us on uh thursday evening um so if you are attending a concert you know coming up there's a lot more stuff going on uh check what time the act actually starts so that you're not stood for three hours waiting Ah, yes. Mm, yes. Although if you get in early, you get the place you want. Uh, yes, although the spaces around us were free for a good two of those hours. So oh, okay. we could have we could have uh, not been stood, well, sat on a dirty floor against yes. a wall for three hours. When wife of Grumpy and I got married many, many years ago, <clears throat> we had a registry office wedding and mm. then a blessing at the local church. And because we wanted a specific date, uh, we and you could only book it, I think, three months in advance or something yes. like that. The protocol was you went there and you could wait before the registry office opened. And then whatever order you arrived in was the order you went in and, and picked the date. So wife off, then fiancé of Grumpy, being rather keen to get the date suggested we went nine o'clock the previous night so we sat in the car park in guildford from nine o'clock for 12 hours basically for 12 hours, for 12 hours. <laughs> and nobody else turned up to about six in the morning they opened i think at half past eight well at least you were first in the queue you could have left at like like i would have preferred to leave like 5 a.m i think well, we could have done, but then the people that arrived before half past eight, none of them wanted the same day we did, let alone the same time. <laughs> so the whole thing was a complete waste of time. <laughs> but unfortunately, because we had to book everything else mm. on the basis of being able to do that date, so it was... Um, it was a, a kind of... A, yeah, probably, yeah, well, for a few hours it was probably worth it. But uh, yes, I know what you mean about turning up early. Yes, yes. So my fact is... Uh, moon based so mm, it's i like the moon a bit of a uh, there's not much of an atmosphere there <laughs> poor poor Very, oh, I, th- I thought it was quite good actually 
So you probably know of the story of Apollo 13. Yes. Having seen the film. So yes. Apollo 14, obviously they were keen to uh, to get it right this time. And it's memorable because one of the astronauts on the moon whipped out a golf club and a golf ball and mm. started hacking away at it, which was not an approved experiment, apparently. He'd hidden the golf club and the ball in the lunar module, completely unknown to NASA. So they were as surprised as everybody else. But there's quite, there was quite a bit of controversy about how far he actually hit the ball, because having less gravity, you think it might go for miles and miles and miles, or just never stop, basically. Mm. There has been some research done. So the guess was about 200 yards. Um, but somehow or other, some very clever scientists have worked out how far it went. And this is all due to some magicry with uh, digital images and obviously far too much spare time. Yes. So it was estimated at 200 yards. Mm. And having been forced to watch some of the golf over the weekend, one of the Americans, I think, drove for 320 yards before it bounced, let alone yeah. stopped. So that, you know, 200 it's not yards that far. Isn't it? Yeah, it's not that far. His first shot went a massive 24 yards. Yeah, and the second shot went a little bit more at 40 yards, which sort of doesn't seem to work, really. No, you would have thought a person, he would have been good at golf to bring golf clubs and a ball with him, but obviously he's not that good. Maybe it was hard to hit because it wasn't, would it have stayed still? Yes, it would have stayed still, but he would have been in all sorts of bulky equipment. Yes. Um, outfit you know the, the space suit is not something you play golf in no. to be honest so they what they did is they took a, a pga champion called jimmy walker mm. and how tried to work out how far he would hit the ball um so with a six iron walker can hit the ball about 200 yards so six iron is what um alan shepherd used on the moon uh now they reckon if he did the same swing on the moon, it would go for 4,600 yards, so the more than two miles, oh which is God. what you'd expect, yes, to be honest. Yes, that's the kind of number I was thinking you were going to pull out. Yes. Not uh, 40 yards. <laughs> no, and it, it, it finishes off, actually. Remember that Alan Shepard was playing one-handed in a heavy encompassing spacesuit with mm. an improvised club. So, I, it, yeah, it's not surprising it didn't go quite no. as far. I could hit it 40 yards. One-handed in, in a spacesuit? One-handed... I'm not sure about the spacesuit because I've never worn a spacesuit, so I wouldn't know what that was. No, like. but it'd be interesting if you tried to do it here because presumably it would be a lot shorter because of gravity. Gravity. Mm. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.